Hey guys, welcome back to the Life in the City podcast. Good to see you. Here today with, uh, well, I'm Coley, if you don't, <laughs> if you haven't listened before. Um, but I'm here with Rachel and Pastor Patrick. Yep. So, I'm Patrick. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Good to be here. Um, and uh, I know that we're only a week away from Thanksgiving, but we're going to talk about Christmas. My house is already decorated for Christmas. Like, it's... It's a whole season. Like, how decorated are we talking? Christmas tree, lights, mistletoe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're there. <laughs> that is unacceptable. The Christmas tree looks a little sparse because there's a toddler, and so there's a lot of things missing right now. Do you, like, not even decorate the bottom half, or what are you... The bottom half is decorated, but with things that are, like, I'm okay. Like, they're soft. Like, there are no actual, like, bulbs on the tree this year. Good it's going to, yeah. like, mitigate that mm. risk. But... Does your dog Toby freak out about it? No, he's really good. Which, if you know Toby, is like surprising, but the toddler loves all the shiny things. So <laughs> That's I, awesome. I have a hard time going that early with Christmas. Uh, Got to be honest with you. So yeah. I'll probably avoid your house for a few weeks <laughs> because after Thanksgiving, well, actually, it's coming up. So we're we're at, my threshold is Thanksgiving. Okay. So Good in a Friday, week, I we can, can invite you guys over. Then. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. Don't ask me to come over before Good Friday. <laughs> it's not going to happen. If there was snow on the ground right now, I would maybe not have a problem. But as it is, it's sixty-five degrees. So part of me is like, it's, it's not beginning to look a lot like Christmas. So no, not I'm not going to make change. it do that inside. Yeah. <laughs> no. But okay. So with but with this, even with not just Christmas, I guess, but with the holiday season, um, there's a lot of traditions that go around it. Um, but one of them is that it's there's a lot of unique opportunities uh, to serve people in our community or in our neighborhoods. A lot of companies will do things. A lot of churches will have. Um, you know, winter clothing drives or different things. But then there's even um, ways that we can engage our neighbors because it's this mm -hmm. season. And for some reason, people just kind of accept it in this time. Mm -hmm. um, but so kind of related to that or, or riffing off of that, uh, coming up in the education hour um, <clears throat> for the, the two Sundays leading up to Christmas Eve, Think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not Christmas Eve, which is a Sunday, but the two Sundays before that. Tenth and the seventeenth. Yeah, if you say so. I believe you. <laughs> um, I'm not the numbers person. But uh for those two Sundays, the education hour uh is titled Loving Our Neighbors Like Jesus. And Pastor Patrick, you and Pastor Darius are each gonna kinda tag team those those classes. And so I wanted to take just a few minutes here to talk about about that. What are we um, I won't ask you what we're going to cover in the class. One, because yeah. I don't want to spoil it. And two, because I'm pretty sure you guys haven't figured it we out. Are, we are in brainstorming mode on that. And yeah, that's good. I love that. But I think it's it might be valuable for us to talk about just the idea. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Uh, so... As mm -hmm. you reflect, and Rachel, you too, I'd love to hear, like, as you reflect on this season uh, and, and how to do that, right, you know, in the winter, in the Christmas, Thanksgiving, what have you, uh, how do you think about that? I think that what you said is so important to keep that big picture in mind of love your neighbor. And it's not like one of the things on our list. Mm -hmm. It's the thing. It's the list, mm -hmm. you know, if everything on the list doesn't refer back to that, like, uh, it's so important mm -hmm. 
you know, it's so important. It's a lot I could think of to say about that. But, <laughs> you know, it becomes one of the things or an afterthought or like an add-on. Or it gets sacrificed to something else that gets more important to me mm-hmm. really easily. Um, and I can think of a few things yeah, that like, pushes like it off. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're heading into a political season, right? So there's debates on TV mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff that, um, you know, come and go. And it impacts the way people talk to each other. And mm-hmm. people put signs in their front yard and... Different parts of the state have different signs. Believe me, I yeah. drive by a lot of them. Uh, you know, uh, Mike, the county I live in is a little different than the county that it, this church is in right now. So, um, but when we put, when I have this thing that I care about, and I care about that thing, and that, and I actually end up loving my position on that issue more than I love my neighbor, mm-hmm. I'm in deep trouble. But that's a Confirmed so much like you've got to be right about this mm-hmm. and you've got to be pushing this cause and that's so strongly affirmed that i'm not aware how far i am from god and his plan but mm-hmm. i think i think it's it's a common thing for christians we totally blow loving our neighbor because we're so concerned about this thing yeah. you know and and i because i know you i know what you're not saying um but for the the skeptics listening or just people who don't know you as yeah. well so how did Jesus do that, though, be, without compromising the truth? Because we do believe yep. that Jesus was, is God incarnate. And so everything he did was right and true. And he cared about mm-hmm. truth <laughs> and, and which way was right or which thing was right. Uh, oh, sure. Because um, even the, it's the <clears throat> loving our neighbors is the second commandment. It's not the first. First is right. love God. Loving God mm-hmm. and, and God's truth. But but how did Jesus Yeah, so how did Jesus like uniquely love his love her neighbor, making them feel seen, whatever, without yeah. compromising? Sure. One whatever. time he comes across this woman who was caught in the act of committing adultery. Mm-hmm. So she did something wrong. There's an issue there of, of purity. There's this issue there of, there's a law about that and someone's supposed to be punished. And what did he do? He came in right with her and stood beside her. He prevented her from being stoned. He came to a person. Mm-hmm. She was his, as Jesus defined our neighbor, it's the person who's near us that has a need. Mm. It's not necessarily even the person who lives next door, although that's a common. Mm-hmm. We're in that situation commonly with the people we live next door. But she was a neighbor to Jesus, and Jesus was a neighbor to her, and he loved her. Yeah. He expressed care to her. Now, what's what gets to that truth of sexual purity in her case better uh killing her she probably would never sin again okay <laughs> right so yeah. check in we check that, that off but we kind of didn't love our neighbor or jesus meeting her right where she was in her point of need <laughs> and showing her god's love which includes god's protection and guidance you know and kind of a the go and sin no more kind of idea and then she gets to live purity. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that honors the person and God's truth. Yeah. And I think we forget to do that or that's messy or hard. So we go to the truth. Right. You know, can I get ugly and political on this or not ugly, but in the sense <laughs> of like this controversial, um, a lot of Christians are pro-life. Great. Um, when we push that idea first like this is the important thing Mm -hmm. right 
we have to be right, or this is the litmus test. You're either with me on this or you're not. Um, then we push that important thing because we value something in inside of that. But then we we offend or turn away people that might have a different position or a different life circumstance. Or maybe they don't disagree on that, but they've known other pro-life people who were jerks to them, and so they get reactive mm-hmm. against it. All of those things can be barriers to someone meeting Jesus. Yeah, Jesus didn't say, love your neighbor who looks like you, who sounds like you, who votes like you. He just said, love your neighbor. Yeah, period. or get them to, <laughs> to vote like you or sound like yeah, you, yeah. even. Yeah. You know, so when I when I put my position on any issue, gender, whatever, I put that out first. If someone, if if I'm actually Christian and I'm actually probably kind of right on that issue, then maybe the person who who believes opposite of me is someone who really needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I put my issue first, I lose the opportunity to love them as a person, and I lose the opportunity to present Jesus to them through a loving relationship and words of truth. But if I approach them first as an individual human being and we can talk and show them Jesus and and bring someone to salvation in Christ, how much better then they can they might change their views on on an issue and they change it based on the theological foundation. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, but we miss that all the time. It's like part of our culture cultural especially in a political cycle Mm -hmm. to do the opposite so i think that's one thing is like make sure we actually love our neighbor and not love something else more or love being right or love being able to win an argument Mm -hmm. but that we actually love the human being that god puts in in our path more than we love anything else jesus said that's the great commandment Mm -hmm. so we miss that if we get that in trouble or if we get that backwards we're actually in trouble with god Mm even though we pat ourselves on the back for feeling like we're right. <laughs> so there you go. I'm preaching on something, <laughs> hey, but it's super passionate it. to me. You're only the interim. You can do it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. I'll take the heat. No, but I, mean, I, see, I see that yeah. so messed in the church, yeah. so badly messed in the church in America. We, we don't love our neighbors well. We mm-hmm. love each other and ourselves and our our positions and our camps and our tribes. Well, and even if it's not, I mean, you, you went for the jugular on examples. You yeah, know. there you go. Let's um, not hold back is, on that. Which is a great example. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it, there can even be, um, in some ways, more sinister or just other sinister ways that the enemy can get us like just distra- distracted mm. from loving our neighbor. So I'll, even for me, you know, it's like I have a three-year-old and a 21 year old and a husband and a dog that like there's a lot of noise and busyness and priorities that can often keep me or even lead me to sometimes like avoid the yeah. neighbor that I know mm. is outside. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I like that neighbor, you know, but just like, Oh my word, I just have too much today, mm-hmm. you know, to try and engage or have a conversation. And so coming into the Christmas, I think, especially in Minnesota, all the transplants will tell me that Minnesota as a native born, uh, that Minnesota can be a really hard uh, state to enter into a community because everybody has their tribes already. And part of that is because there's just so many families, like people have their little literal Mm. tribe, you know. Mm. And with Christmas, I think there's so many uh, traditions, longstanding expectations for 
how you spend different days, where you spend your time, um, where you put your efforts. And so to think about, okay, but, but how can I use the Christmas season to engage my neighbors? It's like, I think sometimes for myself, but I know for others too, I then have to think, well, what am I, what's losing out? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I have to sacrifice in order to do that? Um, before I even know what that would be. You know, like, am I bringing yeah. cookies? That's maybe a low bar of entry. Am I starting I a neighborhood a low, Bible study? I don't think that's a low bar of entry. Oh, okay. Because Say I think more. what we do sometimes is we think, because, okay, so this topic of loving your neighbors is, I, I feel like it's almost interchangeable with the topic of evangelism. Mm, uh, yes, we're trying to find yeah. a way to bring Jesus or biblical truth or gospel to our neighbors. And oftentimes, especially if we use a word like evangelism, now we start to think it's a thing and it looks like this. Right. But I'm over yeah. here doing mm-hmm. family and we're trying to get dinner ready. How do I add this other thing that looks so different? Yeah. And you know, and I think finding ways for all that to just be naturally interlaced with Christ in our home. Let me give you a, an example that uh, a couple examples like um, one that's really fun with Christmas is Kimberly would have our boys draw a picture of the nativity scene. So we would set up a nativity scene so they could see it and then like draw it. And so they would draw these pictures and different kids did it in different years and they were so cute and ridiculous and, that's awesome. and really fun. You know, um, like, what is that? Oh, that's the, that's a donkey and that's the baby Jesus. I couldn't tell which was which, you know, but they're drawing these pictures and it was really cute. But then these pictures, um, I would scan them and print copies of them. We could use those for Christmas cards or we give them, that's cool. You know, that could be a gift for a neighbor. Like, hey, just, we, you know, as a family, this is what we do. We draw pictures. We made a Christmas uh, gift And people Christmas put those up on their you. fridge They would it's love cute. it. Yeah. Anything a mm-hmm. kid makes is cute. And it's an entryway <laughs> to Jesus or hmm. bringing Christmas cookies. People don't do that anymore. Hmm. Um, one thing we've done different years, like some years we do it, some years we don't, is whatever small group or community group we're in, Let's go Christmas caroling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or we would we have taken our um, fourth and fifth grade kids. So when, when when we've done that ministry, let's get access and do Christmas caroling. We've done it in like hospital, in mm-hmm. um, nursing homes, mm-hmm. stuff like this, yeah. where we just go. And I'll tell you, if you take a bunch of ten year olds in a nursing home to sing Christmas carols, you will be singing a solo. But the fact that the kids are there. I still smell the smells of the nursing home from going to like seeing Christmas carols as a kid. And that smell will always stay with me of like, why did it smell that way? But (laughs) I appreciate it though. Like the, the, the purpose behind it now as an adult. (laughs) It's like a super old school thing to do Mm -hmm. to go Christmas caroling down your street. Mm -hmm. That's not done anymore. So people don't know what to do. They don't know (laughs) if they should open their door or not open it or what to do. Uh, So it's kind of funny, but it's it's creative and it's yeah. a way to get out and do that you know um, and i think countercultural too of like oftentimes at christmas time there's a big emphasis on like comfort and warmth and your family um in our culture and i think when we look at the person of christ emmanuel he is god with us he left the comforts of heaven he came to literally make us his neighbors Mm. At, and that's what this season is all about. And so 
how can we not try to replicate that as well? Of It's not just about this comforting time around lights and family, but it is about going to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Christ even said, I didn't come for for the righteous, I care, didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick, right? Um, he came to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring joy to those who needed it most. Um, and I think to your point, Patrick, about those examples, like, they're probably things that are for a lot of Minnesotans a little uncomfortable to go out yeah. and do. Um, but it is a way to love our neighbors like Jesus and choosing to leave the comfort of our own home um, or opening our table to somebody who maybe is like not normally a part of those um, family dinners to be able to show mm-hmm. them love and mm-hmm. care at that season mm-hmm. too. Yeah, absolutely. Just like, just step out yeah. and do it and be kind, show kindness we had a married lesbian couple that lived across the intersection from us. And they moved in and they were kind of like, like they wouldn't come to my church where I was the pastor. No way, not a chance. But Kimberly made cookies. We just gave, we, we walked over there, said hi, met them, gave them Chris, Christmas cookies. And it was like, okay, that, that happened. And then the next year we did it again and they made cookies and brought them brought their cookies over to Mm. us. That wouldn't have happened. That needed to have that first try that took one Mm -hmm. step, and then there was another step. And then a couple of years later, they went through a hard time, they divorced. And one of them came to our church several times and just came and was pretty comfortable. And Mm. like that wouldn't have happened either, but it was this progression of Mm -hmm. like, we're the ones with Jesus. (laughs) Right. So we take the first step, and then we take yeah. the second step, and we just see what would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus described there's different responses people will give, but you don't know that until you start to test that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I I end up with more confidence when I can stop before I enter into one of those things or even think about it, when I remember I'm not actually going out on a limb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I I'm on the limb. <laughs> And, and but the limb's pretty secure. The limb's real <laughs> secure, you know. Yeah. Like, and so if a funny look is going to knock me off, I think I need to reevaluate my confidence in in the branch I'm sta- I'm, I'm resting mm-hmm. in. Um, and and or take another analogy of like, even if I were to go up by myself to uh, a door, like and bring cookies, let's say that I'm actually still not alone. Mm-hmm. If we truly mm-hmm. believe that we're in endowed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus and I are going to the door. Hmm. Like, I don't know. It just puts another spin on it that goes, okay, I'm not like, what's the worst that can happen? I think (laughs) Philippians 2 is so helpful for us here because Mm. Christmas is all about like, just be with people, incarnation, you know? And God describes, he says, like, let have the same attitude as that of Christ who left his his home, Mm -hmm. who came to us, and and then found ways to serve and to even serve as you know become not just a person but a servant and then even the criminal punishment that we deserved and and death on a cross and all of that stuff that was his plan for reaching us all we're doing is i mean he's the one who did it in the most costly way we're just doing what he did mm-hmm. just get out of our home go be with another person and find ways to love and serve them even if that's costly. We're not doing anything he hasn't already done for us. Mm-hmm. That's how we got here, you know? 
Yeah. And so we have the privilege of being like Jesus. And Paul said we have the privilege and the fellowship of suffering like like and with mm-hmm. Jesus as well. We uh, Right now, the Education Hour is, um, is gospel fluency. And so we're talking about applying the gospel to everyday life. And uh, this coming Sunday, we'll, we'll talk about it in a practical way. And then the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we'll talk about that. And I was just telling a, a friend at another church about, about this. And she goes, oh, that'll be really strategic because I'm sure people will come back from Thanksgiving with lots to process. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Um, but the reason I say that is because it re- makes me think about Christmas. Wait, you know, I think family, warmth, fun, history, memories, mm-hmm. traditions, uh, that's not quite all the warm fuzzies that everyone feels about about mm-hmm. the the season. So what if loving my neighbor looks mm-hmm. like loving my family like mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. when that's the tall ask? You may as well ask a you know, Jews and Samaritans kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um how how do you guys think about loving those people that are even closer to you? Because I think the neighbors building relationships with strangers to an extent. Mm is one risk, but then there's that risk of being Jesus with skin on to the people that have known you since mm-hmm. pre-adolescence. And that maybe have pushed your buttons since pre-adolescence. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, like you saying that, like I, I do find it much easier to love people who are not blood related to me sometimes yeah. <laughs> um, because there's not that, that history of maybe hurt um, both from me or to me um, that, that people go through with their families um but i think you bring up a really good point of sometimes the biggest steps and the times that like i feel most convicted of like the holy spirit um prompting me to love my neighbor in a hard and difficult way is with my own family and that's Mm. the times where it's i feel like hardest to respond Mm. um because it it does take courage and it takes uh you not having your own expectations of how people will respond to that. Whereas mm. I feel like sometimes if somebody, if it's my first interaction, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to respond, but let's just see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if you have like a shared history with somebody in your family, sometimes you put them in boxes and we, we, yeah. uh, we, right. we don't expect God to, to sanctify and move in their hearts, um, which is robbing God of, yeah. of the power and the glory that is due his name because God can and will uh, move in hearts. Yeah, nothing will bring that out like Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) Because you'll be there. You'll be there long enough to really start to annoy each other. Um, All those old habits and stuff will come through. So Mm -hmm. I think for even like just on a super practical note for Thanksgiving, um, start, I, I think anyone in conflict, or who's struggling with that certain family member, or I don't know if I should be in the same room with that person, should I draw boundaries? Mm-hmm. The starting place is, the, is before that time comes, is between you and God. You know, and I need, just need to pray, and I need to should pray for them. Pray, if you were nervous about Thanksgiving, start praying the Ephesians 3, 14 to 19 or whatever prayer for that person, that they would that they being rooted and grounded in love would just know just how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ. So that when you get for Thanksgiving, you're part of God answering that prayer for them, mm-hmm. that somehow they actually get to know the love of Christ. Mm, and let good. God reframe and reshape our mind, our mindset, instead of just coming guarded yeah. 
and nervous and afraid that so-and-so is going to be like this and I'm going to react and they're going to react and then we're going to have to leave again. And you've already you know? got all the scenarios in your I've head. I've heard those yeah. stories mm-hmm. so often. Yeah. And we can escalate that really fast. <laughs> but if I first align with God, then when that gets weird or tense, I can be a person of, of shalom. I have mm-hmm. shalom and peace in my heart. So I'm not reactive. Mm-hmm. I'm grounded in Christ. And then we can, we can navigate this thing. And if they want to get out of control or make an issue or make it hard, that's fine. They can be who they are. I get to be who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true for anybody, you know, that we can prepare ourselves to do better yeah. and, and yeah. really enter that space. I've been really encouraged by the, the Ruth series that we're going through as a church. And I think in one of the the first few weeks kind of like talking about the the difference in attitude of Naomi and Ruth. And one of the things you mm-hmm. had brought up in that, Patrick, was, um, you know, Ruth's love for Naomi, even though Naomi was not an easy person <laughs> to be around and was very bitter. And just the the quiet and gentle, mm-hmm. loving spirit that Ruth showed, regardless of that. And you had brought this up, and I thought it's so true of how we in our modern culture are so quick to feel quote unquote triggered and to put up boundaries upon boundaries upon boundaries with people. But how maybe that's misguided oftentimes of God is calling us to actually let, let's try to tear down walls in order to show Mm. people more love and more peace and be that example of it rather than uh, just separating ourselves so much from people. Yeah. When you, what I would want to do is take whatever we think about boundaries or, how to navigate a relationship and and look at the word of God. Mm-hmm. God gives us help in these situations. And if it's biblically commendable, then go ahead and apply it. If it's mm-hmm. if it's not found there, we should be careful, mm-hmm. you know. For example, um, God's word consistently calls us to lean toward people we're struggling with and engage in a certain way. Boundaries as most people would, you know, you look at see some some meme about boundaries or some little summary online toxic it's usually yeah it's about how to guard against how to separate from toxic people and it's all about like i won't be with you or Mm -hmm. i won't be influenced by you and that's not really a that's really not i mean like you shouldn't go with your children to someone who's horribly abusive whatever Right. right i'm not saying that but what you know what Healthy biblical boundaries is me saying, I'm not going to sin with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to sin with you. When we have an interaction in that we have some old family dynamic comes into play, you might start think doing what I think is sinful. Mm-hmm. That's on you. That's between you and God. I'm not going to sin with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to cycle with you mm-hmm. in that. I'm going to be the one who stands on Christ and maintains. So that's the difference. If I come to Thanksgiving functioning in the flesh, like Colossians 3, then I will sin with you gladly. I'll try to out sin you. (laughs) But if I can align Mm -hmm. with God and I come to Thanksgiving walking in the spirit, you know, Colossians 3, Galatians 6, I'm walking in the spirit, then I won't sin with you. Mm -hmm. And if you try to cycle that way, I'm not going to be reactive and join you. In that, I might still be able to stay in that room and actually mm-hmm. be, as best as I can, a godly person. But you know, to me, that's like a biblically commendable understanding of a boundary. Yeah. But to I say, like I'm not doing Thanksgiving with you, <laughs> boom, it's kind of like a giving up. Yeah. 
And God doesn't call us to give up. Mm-hmm. Love persists. Love endures. Love will step back in. Jesus persisted and endured, and he suffered terribly for it. Mm-hmm. But it's how we have Christ on this earth. Right. And and I, I definitely have sympathy for people who are like, I can't enter into that again. I just, I'm going to get mm-hmm. beat down again. I'm going to get frustrated again. I'm going to say something foolish again. You know, like, I've seen this too many times, and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're saying this either, but like, I don't want to negate the despair that can come from that because right. negativity is very contagious. Yeah. Um, or toxicity yeah, or yeah. whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. buzzword you want it to use. It is contagious. Yeah. yeah it, it's really contagious and it can really turn a room. Um, but again, as we see in the gospels, Jesus was more contagious than anything. Mm-hmm. So why was he not afraid to touch the leper? Because yeah. his perfection was more contagious than mm. leprosy to the point that the leper was healed mm-hmm. a- and his love was more contagious than the hate of the world mm-hmm. or than sin or than whatever than all of it which is why he his life is more contagious than death for crying out loud so yeah, yeah. like that when i can remember that that is the god of the universe who has opted to live in me Like, I don't need to be afraid of what I'm going to (laughs) catch from people around me. Mm -hmm. So much as, like you said, living in the flesh, yeah, I'm going to catch it all. And gladly, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but if I'm thinking of myself more as I am in Christ, Christ in me, then then I don't need, yeah, you can flail and do whatever pattern you want to do, and I'm going to not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's and and eventually yep. somebody will turn to you and go, oh, "Thank you, that was yeah. really helpful." I did not want that to become a thing again. It's like, hey, well, let's have a let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. How are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me love you, oh neighbor, <laughs> who d- also didn't want to see that dynamic repeat itself or whatever. Uh, and and in doing so, I think we have the chance to change those patterns and to influence. You're not going to change everybody, and that's our. We're not going to change anybody, really. Um, but to create those opportunities um, for Jesus to to show himself for who he is and mm-hmm. how he can change people by first letting him change us. Right. I mean, we were just reading as a staff earlier today um, from First Peter, uh, which says, His power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may be partakers of his divine nature, having Mm. escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. And I think what you just Mm. spoke to is a reflection of that. Like we have been given through Christ and his divine power and the spirit that we have in us, the ability Mm -hmm. (laughs) to not partake in that right mm. and mm-hmm. we've been rescued out of darkness and into light so let that light be contagious mm. don't spread more darkness when <laughs> we're not supposed to have any darkness in us in <laughs> us is the light of the world right um and so i think we often do forget that we have that that contagious power in us um yeah mm. that's right that's good yeah Well, I just, I had a verse that came to mind. I thought we could maybe close on this unless you have other thoughts. Oh, I have other thoughts. (laughs) So if anyone has thoughts on how to love your neighbors or families like Jesus loves them, uh, you can reach out to Patrick 
And yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll talk. We oh, can talk gosh, yeah, day. there's so but, much. Uh, it's, yeah. it's such a good thing to be talking about right now mm-hmm. for uh, for us as a church. I have challenges in loving my neighbor right now that mm-hmm. are unique to like right my, to my right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good to talk about it. It's good to think about it and yeah. to think what what is God calling me to do, you know? Yeah, and what, what I think... In you know, in thirty minutes here, we're not going to cover the nuances of everybody's personal experience. Yeah. But I think the principles are always the same. Like you said, I got to deal with me and Jesus first, mm. and go into every situation with Him, because in my flesh, everything's going to be a, a hot mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. And I think the the beauty of living in a part of a body of Christ too is like, it's not. Yes, it's us taking. Jesus with us, but mm-hmm. we also have a family of believers that are with us too. Right. Then reminded of that recently through a neighbor of mine who got to know Pastor Darius through an interaction with the community care fund. And it's like, now she calls him Pastor Darius. Like they, they chat <laughs> and it's like, you know, just that being able to share the body of Christ with your neighbors too is a glorious mm-hmm. thing because God's going to plant seeds. Hopefully through me to that neighbor, but also is now using Darius as mm. well. And so there is this beauty of like, we're not in this alone. We have the Holy Spirit. We've got brothers and sisters doing this with us. So I hope we're encouraged by that in this holiday season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we were talking about, again, we're modeling Jesus in all of this, the incarnate one that came to be with us and all of this. Um, I just thought, I'd, let's close with uh, with John 1. <clears throat> The, let's, 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 let's go down to verse 9. <laughs> but we know God is the word. Uh, he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mm. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Mm. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Mm. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, He has made him known.